Welcome to CropSense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I'm Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today we have Dr. Charlie Cahoon and Dr. Wesley Everman, weed specialists with North Carolina State University. Welcome back, fellas. Hey, Jacob. Yeah, yep. thanks for having us again. Glad, glad y'all can make it. All right, today we're going to discuss late season weed control. The first question is, cotton and soybeans are still actively growing and there can be some weed escapes and issues in these crops. Can y'all talk a little bit about late season weed control in cotton and soybean? Well, I can kind of address the, the cotton part. Wes has probably has similar similar thoughts. We're getting the questions about late season weed control in uh, these crops and the bind that folks are finding themselves in. In cotton, the cutoff date for, for most herbicide applications is first bloom or mid bloom. So there's very few products that are actually labeled for use right now where we're at within our cotton crop. Uh, and then the other problem is a lot of times if we're seeing weeds this time of year and they're sticking six inches out of the top of the cotton crop, that means that weed's three foot tall, trying to kill those weeds when only the, the top third of the plant is sticking out of the crop canopy is very difficult. So, you know, that's a bitter pill to swallow with folks that are got some weeds late season. There's not many things that are labeled. And then, you know, if they do choose to do something, it's often a, a futile attempt at, at trying to control those weeds. And that's why we put a lot of emphasis on being timely earlier in the year. We need to get those weeds under control when using residuals. So we're not dealing with them right now. Yeah, that's absolutely the case in soybeans as well. Generally, the weeds we're seeing are challenging weeds to control anyway. Uh, I hear a lot about sickle pod. We see cucklebur coming through. Palmer, of course, will be poking through in places as well as ragweed. The challenge is, like Charlie said, if they're three or four foot tall with just a little bit sticking out, nothing effective is labeled, right? We're beyond that point, same as in cotton. And anything we can spray at this point in the season isn't going to kill those big weeds. So we're really not going to gain much by running a spray rig through. You might want to map those weeds, pay attention to what's there. If it's a bad enough weed or a bad enough issue to be concerned about it, uh, let's say, you know, you notice Palmer amaranth coming in where it hasn't been. You don't want that seed to get in the seed bank hand pulling or spot spraying are always options to try to take out some of those real troublesome spots. Just know, you know, it's not going to be a field wide control option for us at this point. So corn is, is drying down and the corn crops basically made at this point harvesting's next. So you see fields, especially on the edges, uh, ditch banks, we got morning glory issues. So, Dr. Cahoon, could you talk a little bit about morning glory control at this point as far as harvest? Yeah, so that, that's an, another question I get a lot this time of year. And again, it's a, kind of a bitter pill to swallow. In my opinion, there's really only two viable options we have for a, a morning glory cleanup or salvage situation, and that is AIM or Germoxone or Paraquat. The only problem is both of those products are, are contact herbicides. Again, if we're dealing with morning glories that are trailing up the corn stalks, you're not going to get very good coverage. A lot of time folks want to put those products on with an airplane and we're talking about low volume applications. And so again, we're not doing the things right to put these contact herbicides in a good position for successful morning glory control. 
so they will burn some of those tops out of those morning glories but there's a really narrow window for getting in the field from where you've actually burnt those morning glories up but you also have to abide by the pre-harvest intervals for for both aim and paraquat and so in my opinion again this goes back to this is something you should have took care of earlier in the year we need to be loading up our atrazine especially in that post application maybe put in a late post lay-by application focused on morning glories because really doing something right now is wishful thinking at best there are some other options like 24d but i do not recommend 24d applied this time of year you know we've got a lot of sensitive crops out there near harvest and it's just not a good time to be to be spraying a lot of 24d so really AIM and Paraquat are the only options if somebody wants to do it, but it, the logistics of it are difficult. Uh, actually getting the morning glories under control with those products is difficult. So it's, again, not a, a good situation to be in. So my advice would be to do something better in your, your morning glory management throughout the season. Combines are starting to roll in the eastern part of the state. I'm sure the rest of the state will follow suit soon. So depending on weather in September, we still got a lot of time to make a double crop of pigweed and probably some other weeds too. What advice would you give growers for post-harvest weed management? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great point, Jacob. And Wes and I, you know, if you're in tune to what's going on in the weed science world, there's been a lot of focus on limiting seed production, especially with something that's prolific as Palmer amaranth, um, really focusing on managing the soil seed bank and limiting the returns to the soil seed bank. So a lot of cool things are going on with harvest weed seed control and, and such. With corn here in the in the south, and we're getting it out in August and September, we, you know, we won't have a killing frost until October. We've got a lot of time for some pigweed to, to come charging out of the ground and almost immediately put on a seed head. So Wes and Dr. York, while I was actually in graduate school, did some good work with post-harvest corn, focused on managing Palmer amaranth, and they looked at some things like Paraquat, 2,4-D, and Dicamba, with and without residuals. And basically they found that crop of pigweed that came up after corn was easily managed with something like paraquat. We want to recommend folks get it on early while the, the weeds are small, but that was really effective. Really didn't see much help with the addition of 2,4-D or dicamba to the, the application of paraquat. The residual added into the system Valor maybe helped a little bit, but really statistically, one shot out paraquat on those pigweed that emerged after corn harvest was enough to get that population under control and drastically reduce the seed bank replenishment that that often happens behind corn. So uh, that would be what I would really look at is look, scout your fields, look for pigweed that's come up after corn harvest. And if you can, you can do it fairly economical with just, you know, a shot of paraquat to get those flower and pigweed under control. So what would you qualify as a small pigweed and about how long after harvest would you recommend coming back with that application yeah so we consider a small pigweed four inches or less um you know i would be looking two weeks after corn harvest hard to see see what we have in the field and and making that call if you got somebody cutting stalks behind the combine he should be able to tell if you got an issue with palmer that needs attention with with something like paraquat so that mower coming behind cutting stalks is not probably going to be adequate control we may chop them off but they still got a root system underneath them to to come back is that the the thought with a chemical application 
Correct. If you're early in the corn harvest and you're mowing them off, they're likely going to be able, they're going to recover from that, that mowing application and put, try to put on some seed heads. Now, if you're in October and you've harvested corn and, and some pigweed come up and you, you mow your stalks uh, and you're, you're probably a week or two away from a, a frost. Yeah, that, that can probably get you to where you need to be. But if you're in the early part of harvest, the mowing is not going to be enough. All right, Dr. Everman, wheat should be the next thing planted across North Carolina. Can you talk about uh, weed control in wheat and setting the table for a, a good spring harvest? Yeah, uh, definitely. It always feels weird talking about wheat in August, although it's only you know a month and a half or two months away from getting in the ground. And this is really when we need to start planting. I know everybody's focused on getting our current crop harvested before we worry about wheat often but especially where we're following maybe early tobacco corn or other crops where we have an opportunity to get into the field fairly quickly still this fall we should be thinking about maybe a burn down or a application of valor 30 days before we're going to plant that wheat that valor has shown to be a pretty good option for us for ryegrass it gives good control. I wouldn't say it's the best ryegrass product, but it actually gives good residual control. And I bring this up just because we've been putting a lot of pressure on our ryegrass, you know, through the last few years with the peroxisulfone, whether it's in Anthem Flex, Fierce, or Zidua. And so, you know, just kind of thinking ahead long term, getting a little bit of valor in where we can a field here or there where we have heavy pressure and the opportunity to apply would make some sense but then next is planning our either pre-residual product or delayed pre whatever you're using whether it's anthem flex behind the drill or coming in with a, a zidua or fierce as a delayed pre maybe axiom there might be some folks still using that we want to start having that in place and have our plan ready to go because we've had a few folks in the last few years with the crazy weather patterns push to get the crop out, get their wheat drilled, and not get back with that timely delayed pre or even their regular pre. And we're seeing enough ryegrass with resistance to our post herbicides, whether it's Osprey, PowerFlex, or Axial products, that we need that residual down early to kind of help protect those where they're still viable and really in, in some cases it's our only management program in that wheat field so plan ahead make sure we have things set up so that we're timely with those applications and i, I just want to add to echo what wes is talking about he's talking about small grains but we can take some of the tactics that he's talking about for small grains and, and really apply those to, to managing Italian ryegrass for our spring crops. So, you know, um, Italian ryegrass is becoming more and more difficult to, to burn down in the spring um, prior to planting corn, soybeans, and cotton. And so, you know, we need to start thinking about managing the ryegrass, not only in our wheat crop, but in our other crops as well. Uh, and integrating some of these tactics that Wes is talking about for small grains, we can maybe apply some of those um, to our other crops as well. Um, but the big key is to start thinking about it. Uh, Wes and I have got some work that's starting this fall focused on, you know, kind of 
what can we do in the fall for, for ryegrass preparing to plant corn, soybeans, and cotton the following spring. But so kind of stay tuned for, for that work and, and look for it to come. And we will definitely have you guys back on to talk about, about that uh, information, uh, trying to get a hold on these weeds before they get out of control for the spring. Is there anything else you think the listeners need to know or should be thinking about before we wrap this podcast up? I'll just toss in one thing. When Charlie was talking about um, morning glory controlling corn, that's often something I get a call about in soybeans as well. And just want to give a heads up that most of the products that are going to do a good job, you know, it's, unless it's a harvest aid, you're going to have to make those applications 45 to 60 days before harvest. That's generally going to be the pre-harvest interval. Again, it needs to be pretty bad morning glories once the beans are that big to justify running a rig through the field because you're going to end up running down enough beans and causing damage um, that you might not want to be doing. But in bad areas, just pay attention to that pre-harvest interval. Is there anything else, Dr. Cahoon, that you think we should think about before we wrap this podcast up? No, I, I think that pretty much pretty much covers it. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all guys coming back on. And like I said, we will be having you back on a little bit later in the fall and talk about some winter uh, weed control for our spring crops. Good deal. Uh, Thanks again for having us, Jacob. Yep, thank you. If the listeners have any questions, feel free to call your local cooperative extension agent. They'll be happy to answer any of those that you have. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And as always... Thanks for listening to Crop Sense. Because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.